grace and peace from the Almighty God be with us all. Amen. Michelle, you'll be helping us. Amen. In Ezekiel 37. Amen. This morning, we are very grateful to the Lord God Almighty for bringing us together as a church. Uh, a year by this time, we were uh, giving the information that we, all of us, we are going on a, a lockdown. That was on the 15th of March, 2020. And by the grace of God, gradually we are coming back. Hallelujah. So we are very grateful to the Lord God Almighty. Thank God that you are here this morning. Amen. The Lord God Almighty will meet you at the point of your need. Amen. Your life will never be the same. So we are reading from Ezekiel chapter number 37. We are reading from the NKJV version. This is a scripture that we know, we know, is very one of the easiest scriptures which can be uh, recognized in the Bible. And most of us know about it. But this morning, the Lord will give you a different revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord will give you a different revelation from this scripture. So we are reading from Ezekiel chapter 37. Verse 1 to 10. And I read. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Amen. Amen. Read the verse 5 again, please. The verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to thee. Thus says the Lord God to me. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. I will cause bread to enter into you. And you shall live. And you shall live. So the theme for this morning is, you shall live again. Tell your friend, you shall live again. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a story of the dry bones. The Lord God Almighty took Ezekiel to the valley of dry Bones, valley full of dry bones. 
Hallelujah. And we want to look at what is this dry bones? What is this dry bones? Look at the verse 11 to 14. What is this dry bones? 11 to 14. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. So the Lord is saying that the dry bones, they represent human beings. They are the people of Israel, the whole house of Israel. So the bones were people of God. Hallelujah. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. So the people themselves, they are saying that their bones are dry, their hope is gone, we are cut off. Maybe this morning, that is one of your saying, that I am very dry, my hope is gone, it appears as if I'm cut off. Beloved, if because of the pandemic, that is what you are saying, I want to tell you this morning, the Lord God Almighty has a good news for you. Hallelujah. And what is the good news? Continue. Therefore, prophesy and say to them. So the Lord is saying that this morning I should prophesy unto you. Thus says the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God. So this is not a word from a man, but it is a word from God himself. May you hear king unto the word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. So the Lord is telling them that he's going to open their graves. So it means that they were even being buried. Hallelujah. They were buried. How can you be in the grave and sow a cell? How can you be in the grave and sow soul? How can you be in the grave and sow progress? If your life has been retrogressing in the past one year, may the Lord God Almighty bring a lifting up unto you this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'll bring you into the land of Israel. The Lord is saying, He's going to bring you back into your former place, the place of refreshment, the place of restoration, the place of peace. The place that everything will be fruitful. Hallelujah. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from, my, from your graves. So the Lord is saying that he's going to do it. He's going to do it. That is why I like this song. Holy Ghost, do it again. Oh, do it again. Hey, my love, oh, open my eyes, oh, to see Jesus, oh, see that again. And the Bible says that the Lord said that I will do it so that you will know that I am God. Beloved, because of the name of the Lord God Almighty upon your life. That is why I see you succeeding. Hallelujah. That is why I see you elevating. That is why I see you 
prospering. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. Continue. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. Mm -hmm. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So we know the bones, and we know that the bones represent people. Hallelujah. If you are to put it like in context, this one is about the restoration of the people of Israel to their former place. Hallelujah. God gave his way to the people of Israel for a lot of times. And the word of God was that if they obey him, he the Lord is going to bless them. But when they disobey him, he the Lord is going to punish them. So the people, as time passed, they disobeyed God. They did not hear came to the word of God that was coming from various men of God. And the Bible said that God punished them. We know the land or the people of Israel, they were one tribe. But because of what happened in the days of Rehoboam, the kingdom divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was made up of three, sorry, ten tribes. And they had their capital in Samaria. They called themselves Israel. And then the two other uh, tribes, the others, Judah and Benjamin, they formed the southern kingdom, and they are called the kingdom of Judah. Hallelujah. Now what happened is that because of the continuous disobedience of God's people towards his word, in the year 722 BC, the Assyrians, or God gave the Israelites to the Assyrians. So the Assyrians invaded the northern territory of Israel, and then they took them captive, and then they destroyed the whole city of the northern kingdom. So the northern kingdom wiped out completely. It wiped out completely. Even the people even intermarried, and then they lost even their identity. That was why, if you remember, there was this racial tension between the people in the south and the people in the north. I'm talking about the Samaritans and the Jews. So at the well of Sychar, Jesus Christ needed to settle the score because they have intermarried the other people and therefore they have lost their identity. So their brothers or their Jews saw them that they were unclean. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord, so the southern kingdom were God's people. They were able to stand. But as time progressed, they also start disobeying God. They start disobeying God. So in the year 605 BC, there was an invasion that was being led by King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians. They invaded Judah. And when they invaded Judah, they took some brilliant people. Uh, if you read Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 to 6, you see that during that invasion, that first wave, Daniel was part of the people who were taken into captive in Babylon. And in the year 597 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar came back again. He came back again, and this one, there was a second wave. 
He took about 10,000 people to Babylon and then took the other articles which was being used in the sanctuary to Babylon. It was during this second wave that Ezekiel was part of it. And when they took them, they put them in a certain place near the river Kabar, the river Kabar, or Teravi in Babylon. Hallelujah, river Kabar. Now, Kinebuchadnezzar then came for the third time, the third wave, in 586 BC. And during this time, they took the eyes of the people, they burned the temple, they burned everything, they destroyed everything. They only left just the forest to remain in Israel. So now they are in captivity. They are in captivity in Babylon. Hallelujah. They are in captivity in Babylon. And they now, you see, if you look at it, their nation has been destroyed. They are in captivity. And then it's like everything is gone. Their life is being determined by the people that they are serving. But the Lord God Almighty has already given a prophecy that they will be in captivity for 70 years. And at the end of the 70th year, he, the Lord, he will bring them back. And some prophets also came in with other form of messages saying that the Lord God Almighty is going to bring you quickly. You will, you will be released. A whole lot of things. Hallelujah. And sometimes we want very soft messages. But the word of God is here and what? Amen. Every time I tell you that in Second Peter chapter number 3, verse 16, Apostle, Paul, sorry, Apostle Peter was saying that the words of Peter were, were very hard. Peter's teaching were all very hard because sometimes he say like the things the way it is. I thought it was only Peter whose teachings were very hard. But last week when I was doing biblical studies, I realized that even the people told Jesus Christ that his teachings were very hard. In John chapter 6, verse 60, after he had said that they are going to eat my body and drink my blood, the Bible said they said that his teachings are very hard. It means that it is very offensive and it's very outrageous. It is very difficult for the people to accept. Jesus Christ said that the words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are what? Life. Hallelujah. They are what? Spirit and then they are life. So sometimes we think that the Lord God Almighty will not say certain things. But the Lord really honor his word. Hallelujah. He honors his word. Very, very important. So, others came in. It was then that God gave Jeremiah this prophecy that sometimes we normally quote in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Huh. So when it, uh, they were saying, oh, you will be able to go this, this, that, and God told them that, go and tell them that I am saying that they will be in captivity for 70 years. So they should prepare their mind. They should work very hard. For I, the Lord, I am going to bless you. So he said that I know the thought that word I have about you. It's not of what evil thought, but a good thought 
That will give you a future and then an expected world. And amen. So they are in Babylon, sitting on the river Kabar. River Kabar. So that, that was where Ezekiel was prophesying. Hallelujah. He was prophesying and ministering to the people. So if you look at the context of this word, this is how the context was. Amen. And if you are to look at some lesson from this, it talks about, as I told you, the restoration of the people of Israel. That is physically, but spiritually, it is also the restoration of the people of God, which we are included. So we also talk about the resurrection of the dead. Because he said that the graves are going to be what? Opened. They are going to be opened and all of you, you will come out. So Apostle Paul, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 17, was saying that in the last day, the Lord God Almighty, with the shout of the act angels, upon those who are dead in the law, they will raise up first. And those of us who are here on earth, Oh, we are going to be caught up in the sky with them. What joy that day is going to be. So Paul said that you need to comfort yourself with this way so that when somebody dies in the Lord, you know that the person is asleep because we know where we'll be going at the end of the day. So we have the physical part which concerns the Israelites and the spiritual part which concerns us. Hallelujah. Amen. So now, let's come to the test. So, Ezekiel was at the river Kabar. I will explain to you, he was there. And one day, the Bible said that the hand of the Lord, Ezekiel chapter number 37, verse 1 to 3, the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel, and the Spirit carried him into an open valley, which was full of bones. So the hand of the Lord symbolizes the power and the authority of God. Hallelujah. So the power and authority of God came upon Ezekiel, and the Spirit carried him. So Ezekiel was spiritized. He was spiritized. He was spiritized. And Ezekiel was not the only person who has been spiritualized by God. In John, in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1 to 2, we see the Apostle John, who also was being spiritualized by God. He was caught in the spirit, and he realized that the heaven has been opened. The heaven is open, and he saw the door of the throne room of God and the things of God which was going to happen. Not only John, but also Isaiah. You see Isaiah also in his uh, vision in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 13. Isaiah was also caught in a vision and he saw that the Lord is seated on a high throne and his glory fills the whole temple. Not only uh, Isaiah, but also Daniel. In Daniel chapter number 7, verse 1 to 28, you see Daniel who was also 
caught up by the Spirit. And God gave him several visions, several visions, so many things which was going to happen. It was then that in Daniel 7, 9, 10, 11, that Daniel said that he saw the ancient of days and he saw the throne of God. And Daniel said that there is a river that lies in front of the throne of God and that river is a river of fire. Hallelujah. Very, very beautiful. So Daniel too was also caught up by the Spirit. So you could see that all these people, both Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, God was giving them a message which concerned the event that will happen on the earth. Hallelujah. The event that was going to happen. So he said that the hand of the Lord came upon me. So he was inspired and he was being transported into the valley of what? Dry bones. If you look at the whole of the book of Ezekiel, this hand of the Lord is being seen a lot in the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 3, before Ezekiel saw the glory of God, he said that when I was at the river Kabar, the hand of the Lord came upon me. In Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 14, he said that the hand of the Lord came upon me. In Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 22, he said that I was near the plain, and then the hand of the Lord came upon me. In Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 22, the hand of the Lord came upon me. And then Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me. So you could see that the hand of the Lord was coming upon Ezekiel frequently. I pray that this morning, may the power and the grace of God that is within his hand come upon you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At one point, Habakkuk said that, and I was standing on the mountain of God, and I saw that God's power was emanating from his hand. He said that he looked and he saw that Horns were coming out of the hands of God, and there reside the power of God. So may that power of God come upon you this morning. Hallelujah. That will make you to live. Amen. Hallelujah. So Elijah said that the hand of the Lord came upon me and transported me into a valley which was full of what? Bones. Amen. And Ezekiel said that the valley was not only full of bones, but the bones too were also dried. So they were what? Dead. And then they were dried. So the bones were dead. The bones were what? Were dried. Hallelujah. They were dead and then they were dried. And this is very, very important because I've explained to you that the bones represent the people of Israel. They represent the people of Israel. And the bones were even, um, they were not buried, they were unburied. If you look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter number 22, 
Is it 22? Yeah, chapter number 22, verse 21, 23. Uh, uh, you can help us with this. Deuteronomy. Let's see what happens. What is there? Yeah, Michelle, help me. Deuteronomy. I want to explain something to you from there. Deuteronomy 22, 21 to 22. Then they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house. No, read chapter 21. Yeah, Deuteronomy 21, verse 22 to 23. Mm -hmm. If a man has committed a sin mm. deserving of death, and he's put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, for he, for he who is hanged is accursed of God. Amen. So, according to Torah, the Torah, that is the laws of the Torah law, the laws of the Hebrews. The Torah is saying that when even somebody is even a criminal and the criminal is impaled, you should not leave the impaled criminal on the tree. Because curse is anyone who hangs on the tree. So even the Torah even gives the privilege to criminals even to be buried. So when it comes to this one, it's very important to Ezekiel because Ezekiel being a Jew, I must bring this one also across that. Ezekiel is one of the few people who are both priests and at the same time a prophet. But here he is acting as a prophet here. But he never practiced the priesthood. That is why if you look at the book of Ezekiel, he talks more about the temple and then the things which concern the temple because of maybe his background as a priest. The last time I preached this message here, his background as a priest. So he is a priest, and therefore he is very concerned, and as an Israelite, concerned about the proper barrier of a person. Even criminals were supposed to, but these bones were not Buried. So you could see how great the massacre was during the invasion of the Assyrians and then the Babylonians. It means that they exposed them, they disgraced them. It was a disgrace to them. That was why they were saying that our hope is gone. We are cut off. We have been disgraced. Maybe this morning, maybe this is maybe some of the things that you are saying. I want to tell you that there is hope for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So the wounds were not buried. And there is also another important thing. You see, God told Ezekiel to move around these bones which were not buried. But to Ezekiel, as I've told you, he moving around the bones because he's a priest. And if you read Numbers chapter 19, verse Number 11 to 13, Numbers 19, verse number 11 to 13, you could see that God gave an instruction that that concerned things which are what? Holy. And things which are not what? Holy. And they don't need to come into contact with dead things. So for 
Ezekiel to move around the bones. As a priest and then a Jew, it was much of a concern to him. Hallelujah. And when you even read even Leviticus, chapter 21, verse 1 to 4, you could see that the Bible said that the, the priest don't even go closer to any dead body. They don't go closer to any dead body unless somebody who is a nest of kin to them, that is the father, the mother, or the children. That is all. But even when, let's say that, like I've married like my wife, uh, when something happens, I can go close to my wife, but I cannot have any relationship with my wife's family. I cannot. Maybe we have to read that so that you see it. Numbers chapter 21. Sorry, Leviticus 21. Leviticus 21, verse 1 to 4. And the Lord said to Moses, mm. Speak to the priests. Speak, speak to the priests. The sons of Aaron, and the, say to them. And say to them. None shall defile himself for the dead among his people. None shall defile himself with anything that is dead. Except for his relatives. Except for his relatives. And even here, God even explained. Mm -hmm. Who are nearest to him. Who are nearest to him. His mother. His mother. His father. His father. His son. His son. His daughter. His daughter. And his brother. And his brother. Also his virgin sister who is near to him. Mm -hmm. Who has had no husband. For her, he may defile himself. Yes, so even if you have like a husband, you think that you have defiled yourself, so you don't. So Ezekiel, going or moving around this one, was a concern to him. What is the lesson that we can learn here? Why should God have to tell Ezekiel to do that? You see, everything that like we read in the Bible has like a, a, a reason. It is not just there because God is saying that priests don't need to go closer to dead bones, dead materials. And God is telling Ezekiel to move around these dead bones. All that God was telling Ezekiel, God wanted Ezekiel to know the condition of a man, the condition of a fallen man. Because it is when you are able to know the condition of the people that you are serving, is then that you will be able to serve them very well. In fact, knowing the condition of a fallen man reflects your doctrine. So your doctrine is hinged on the condition of the people that you are serving. Then you know that if all men have fallen, then the only person who will be able to save them is God, isn't it? Then that is salvation. And it also gives us a way of we doing our evangelism. Because these people, it's only God who will be able to what? Save them. So all men, according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, all men, they are dead in sin and what? Trespasses. And the sin came as Apostle Paul was telling us that there was a long battle. And in, Ephesians, sorry, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he said that for, from Adam, sin entered into the world, and there is what? Death. So because of Adam's sin, death enters the world because of what? Sin. 
And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, Paul was then saying that because Adam sinned and all men died, so Jesus Christ also came so that all men will be made what? Alive again. Hallelujah. Amen. So God was telling him the condition of a man. And then when after he has moved, because the bones was very dried, think that there is nothing good that will be able to come out of it. So there's also a lesson here. It tells us that the new birth or salvation is actually a miracle. It's actually like a miracle. Because the thing is dry. There is no word hope. So for the person to be saved, it's only by what? A miracle. Hallelujah. Good. Now after he has gone through, or he has gone around the bones, God then came with a question in verse 3. The son of man, now you have gone around these bones. Now the Lord is now asking him, can these bones live? Can these bones live? So God was asking Ezekiel, or Ezekiel, you have seen the bones. They are dead. They are dried. They are unburied. Can they live? Hallelujah. Can the sinner be saved? Can the unjust be made just? Can the one who loved darkness be made to love light? Can the one who hate God be made to love God? So Ezekiel, God was asking him those questions. Can these bones live? And it was a very difficult question for Ezekiel. And the reason why it was difficult for Ezekiel was that Ezekiel has moved around the bones. He has gone around, fought and back. And Ezekiel has realized that the bones, they are dead, they are dried. So when you look at that, you look at the bones, then Ezekiel sees that the bones themselves, or the bones cannot help themselves. So the people themselves, they cannot help themselves. Can these bones leave? Then Ezekiel, he now looked at what the Lord has given to him. And he realized that even he himself, he is what? A mortal being. That was why Isaiah said that, Oh, woe unto me, for I am a man with an unclean word, lives. So when he looked at his abilities, he realized that he could not help them. He cannot do anything. He cannot do anything. So sometimes you look at the situation, you find out that the person cannot do anything for himself. And you also, you cannot do anything for the person. But Ezekiel looked unto God. And when he looked unto God, he realized that all things are possible with God. And he said that, oh Lord God, you know. Whether the bones will live or the bones will not live, you know. You see, Ezekiel, he answered the question very skillfully because 
the Lord can do anything. If you say that the bones will live, the Lord can make the bones not to live. If you say that the bones will not live, the Lord will make the bones to live. Hallelujah. Because he has done it before. In the time of Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17 to 24, when Ezekiel, sorry, Elijah was in the house of the widow at Zarephath, and then the son died. Ezekiel, sorry, Elijah was able to bring the son back to life. And Elijah did it through the power of God. Also in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 26 downwards, when the son of the Shunammite woman died, Elisha was able to bring him back to life again by stretching on him three times and then breathed unto him. And then the son came back to life. Also, even when Elisha died in 2 Kings chapter 13 and somebody was dead and then the person was in a, a casket and then the casket, something happened and the casket fell on the graves of Elisha. The person was able to come back to life again. So I believe that Ezekiel may have all these things because the Lord has done it before, but he knows that the God that we are serving is a God of impossibility. Hallelujah. And nothing stood. So what he did was that skillfully he threw the ball into the court of God. Lord, you know. If they will leave, you know. If they will not leave, you know. And God said, ah, is that the case? I'll also throw the ball back to your court again. So now we go to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 4 to 6. So now the Lord God Almighty then threw the ball back into the court of Ezekiel again. He said, son of man, now I want you to prophesy to these bones. Hallelujah. I want you to do what? Prophesy to these bones. I want you to speak the word of God to these bones. Beloved, we must understand that the word of God has a creative power. Hallelujah. The word of God has a transformative power. This morning, may the word of God create anything that is not there in your life. Hallelujah. The word of God transform your life. Hallelujah. Prophesy. If you remember the Genesis story, the creation story, the Bible said that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the verse 3, the Bible said that, and God said that, let there be light. And there was what? Light. Hallelujah. And in the verse 6 and 7, God said that there should be an expanse. And the Bible said that there was. So we had the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. So you could see all those progression there. And verse 9, God said that let all the waters be gathered onto one side. And it happened. Hallelujah. And then the 11 all the way to 14, God said that let there be vegetation. And then it came. 
God said, let there be light in the sky. And it came. And God said, let animals come. And they came. And God used his word even to create human beings. So you could see that the word of God has a creative power. Hallelujah. So he said that prophesy. This morning, I prophesy to your life this morning that your life is going to be flourishing. Hallelujah. You are going to succeed. You will rise up again. Hallelujah. See that prophesy. And when you prophesy, I, the Lord, I will cause bread to enter into these dry bones. It's my time of. Oh, and I've not done even, even five minutes of my message. So bread is going to enter. So the word bread there is from the Hebrew is raw. R-U-A-H. It can mean wind. It can mean uh, uh, spirit. And it can also mean what? Bread. So the, here it cannot be wind. It can either be bread of God or the spirit of God. Of God, Hallelujah! I will cause bread, the Spirit of God, to enter into the dry bones, and then they will leave. So God then outlined the process of the revival. He said that I will cause signs to come upon the bones. So this was the first process. So signs. Sinus are fibers or muscles which connect bones. They are also called tendons. So he said, I'm going to call tendons or a connective tissue to connect the bones together. Hallelujah. Step two, after I have done that, I, the Lord, I will cover them with flesh. So I'm going to clothe them with flesh. Step three, I, the Lord, I'll cover them with the skin. And then step number four, I will breathe unto them and then they'll receive life. Hallelujah. So God clearly outlined it. Let me summarize it because, let me summarize it. God clearly what? Outlined it. He outlined the steps, the steps of salvation that you should prophesy. So in the verse Seven and eight. The Bible said that Ezekiel said that I prophesy. I prophesy. And when he prophesied, the Bible said that there was a noise and a rattling. There was a noise and then what? A shaking. This morning, there is a noise and there is a shaking in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. There can never be a revival without a noise. Hallelujah. Sometimes there are some noise which are very destructive. But anytime that there is a revival, there is a stirring up. Hallelujah. In the days of Pentecost, the Bible said that when there was a revival, the place shook. Clothing tongues of fire came upon them. And then they spoke. There was a noise. They heard them speaking in their language. I like the one that my brother uh, uh, TJ always quotes. He, he lost this quotation. Last time I looked at his Bible and I realized that he has collected every portion. He has collected every portion of it. In Art of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 29 to 31, the Bible said that when they prayed, 
The place that they were shook. Hallelujah. And all of them were filled. This morning, may there be a shake in your life. Hallelujah. So it shook. There was a noise. And all of a sudden, the bones started coming together. Forming skeleton. Hallelujah. The bones are coming together. We have the feet connected to the ankle. The ankle connected to the leg. The leg started connected to the waist bone. The waist bone to the back bone. The back bone to the neck bone. The neck bone to the head. So skeleton has begun to form. Oh, Ezekiel professor to the dry bones. Ezekiel professor to the dry bones. Ezekiel professor to the dry bones. And a joy to say the Lord bone standing. There is a bone standing, bone standing. Dry bone, there is a bone standing. Dry bone, there is a bone standing, bone standing. Dry bone, and a joy to say the Lord. And gonna tell to the and gonna tell to the Nebo and the Nebo gonna tell to the Ebo and a joy. There is a bone standing, bone 